Good morning, uh, our great uh, Talmidim of the Yeshiva. It's a special morning here in the Yeshiva for our scholars. <coughs> I know the Yeshiva spends a lot of time uh, in... Uh, The, Torah, the yeshiva spends a lot of time in secular uh, extracurricular activity for the scholars program. However, that's changing today, where now we believe that our scholars also have to have the same <coughs> rigorous curriculum in Torah. Uh, actually, there is no chokhmah that will challenge your brain like the chokhmah of the Torah. And as much as you think that the Torah is, is old and outdated and a lot of different types of wisdom has advanced. You'll see soon from our great rabbi that I'll introduce that the Torah actually is ahead of all these wisdoms. And what they're just figuring out in Harvard today, the Torah knew about it 5,000 years ago. So nobody should think that our Torah is old-fashioned or outdated or regressive. The Torah actually is not yesterday's newspaper, but it's telling you what's going to happen tomorrow. It's all in there. It has to be. It's the book of, that's written by Hashem. There's no other book that's written by Hashem. Every other book that you read is man-made. Uh, all the secular books that you read are synthetic, made in China. Uh, the only book that's written by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is our Torah, therefore it's perfect and lends itself to no errors or no mistakes. That being said, um, the rabbi that we have here this morning is Rabbi Yaakov Wiener, and he's a, a celebrated scholar from Jerusalem, and he learned under one of the greatest rabbis of the last generation, Rabbi Yosef Shalom Eliashiv. You might have heard of Rabbi Yashiv. Rabbi Shalom, he was the Gadol Ador. This Gadol Ador, Rabbi Yashiv, just learned Torah from morning to night, nothing else. And he did it for, you know, over 90 years. And he was uh, serving Hashem in Torah and learning and teaching and uh, answering the hardest questions that only he was able to answer. Questions that are so deep that you need to have the whole Torah in your brain in order to know the right answer to these questions. And he was one of maybe two or three that were able to answer these type of questions. And Rabbi Wiener, luckily, was able to serve this rabbi and learn with him and get his approach. He's been coming to our community for as long as I can remember, 30 years. And he comes to our synagogue, he comes to deal, and he's loved by everybody. He speaks English, and his words are, uh, like I said, intellectual, scholarly, and tremendous amount of wisdom. So it's a zikhut from again to be to have him with us. His schedule is very busy, but he asked me, can I come to the yeshiva and speak to the boys? I said, they would love it. So please give the rabbi your full attention, give him your respect, and let's stand up and to welcome the great rabbi. Thank you, rabbi. It's always a pleasure for me to give you together Rabbi Mansour. It's an honor and privilege for me to be together here in Magen, Magen David. This week's parasha, we read about the Mishkan. In the Holy of Holies, he had the Holy Ark. And the top of the Holy Ark was what? What was on top of the Holy Ark? The Kruvim. The Kruvim are angels of the face of children. Children, young boys, who are connected to Torah is what Hashem wants. Giving learning young boys who are connected to the Aaron, that gives Hashem simcha. The rabbi mentioned how everything is written in the, in the Torah. Zohar writes, Hashem created the, the Torah before the creation of the world, and the whole world fits every factor of the Torah. Now, we deal with issues of abortions, miscarriages. Now, you have in, in medicine, you have an embryo, 
and you have a fetus. They, the, the medical world calls the embryo till three months from conception, and afterwards it's a fetus. In halacha, we find a turn of point, 41st day, till the 40, 41st day from conception, it's called, it's called an embryo, and the world calls it it's tissue. After the 41st day, it's a boy. The halachic ramifications, one of the halachic ramifications is, a firstborn boy is what? A bachar, has to be redeemed. But if a mother has a miscarriage, so she gave birth to a child beforehand, so the boy born afterwards is not the firstborn, and he's not redeemed. But if she has a miscarriage after the 41st day, so that's considered giving birth to a child, and therefore the boy who's born afterwards is not a bachar. But before 41st day, it's called tissue. It's not called a child. And, if, and then the boy born afterwards is a bachar. says the Gemara, because the neshama, the nefesh, the nefesh, the soul of a fetus is implanted on the, 40, on the 40, 41st day. That's why the Torah is given. How many days was the Torah given? 40 days. Why? Because it's connected. It's part of the, part of the creation. The neshama, the nefesh, is given on the 40, 41st day. Now, I was giving a lecture in Washington, D.C. for doctors, not religious doctors, nurses, medical, medical professionals. And one of the doctors gets up and says, Rabbi, can I explain the 41st day scientifically? How can you explain it scientifically? So I said, my dear friends, in the past I wasn't able to, but now I can. Because this whole article, whole research was done. The heart of an embryo starts functioning at three weeks from conception. The brain starts functioning on the 41st day. Wow. And where's the nefesh put? Wow. Unbelievable. You see how the Torah is it's, it's, it's prophetic. It's prophet. It's, pro- it's, all, it's all in the view. Huh? Unbelievable. Wow. And they said, how do I know this? I said, check Mr. Google. <laughs> what? <laughs> Rabbi Google. <laughs> Mr. Google. Unbelievable. How, so you see how the Torah is Torah Tamed. Now, a mother in Hebrew is what? M. M. How much is the numerical value of M? Wow. Isn't this crazy? (laughs) Is that the word you use? Unbelievable, my dear friends. So you see how that every, again and again, all the issues of the progress in science, you have it already, already in the Torah. You have it already in the Torah. Everything in the Torah is true, and we we see it, and science sees sees it today. They sent the, 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 uh, the, the missiles the, to, 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 uh, to, to, to the moon. They saw that Arosh Chodesh is perfectly exactly the same. But NASA tried to find out exactly when is Rosh Chodesh. And it fits exactly to Arosh Chodesh. It's, mind, it's mind-boggling how our, the Ruach HaKodesh, the, the, the spiritual uh, enlightenment that our great rabbis had. Fine. Now, Mishnah Nasadar. Right? Now in the month of Adar, you have to increase the Simcha. Now it's interesting, my dear friends. I'd like to share with you a, a Wiener insight. My name is Wiener. A new Wiener insight. Being here in America, Baruch Hashem, I'd like to share with you a new, a new insight. There's a, fa- a very famous, fascinating Gemara in Ta'anit. Chaf Bet Omer one you'll check Gemara Ta'anit. Rabbi Avu was together with the Yohanavi in a marketplace in Bechuzo, a marketplace in Bavel. Place is packed. You have a Machni Yehuda in Yerushalayim, you have a Machni Yehuda, place is packed. 
So he asked Rabbi, we asked Yohanovi, who in this marketplace is Ben Olam Abba? He's guaranteed to go to Olam Abba. He's guaranteed. Yohanovi looks around, looks around. Oh, these two people. Oh, so Rabbi Bu sees them. They look like regular guys. He runs over to them and asks them, what's your profession? So they say, Simara so said, they say to him, we are comedians. <laughs> we are comedians. What do you do? When we see a Jew who is sad, we make him happy. When we see two Jews are fighting with one another, we make them happy, and that's how they were able to combine and, be, and forgive one another, and they, and they start loving one another. Very good. It's a wonderful mitzvah. Chesed, the person who is sad, you make him happy, asks the marsha, but actually, you're guaranteed olam haba. It doesn't say he wears fill-in. He puts on tzitzit. He's wearing a tzitzit. Not guaranteed. We're not guaranteed. If I do, if I'm making simcha, a person who has said, I make, I make him happy, you're guaranteed. It's the marshal. Why? Why? Listen to this, my dear friends. Hashem to us is avinu malkeinu. First, he's our father. Says the marshal, when a Jew is sad, Hashem is sad. Wow. Hmm? And you're making a Jew happy? What are you doing? You're guaranteed Olam Abba. When two Jews are fighting one another, they don't love one another, Hashem is suffering. My children, a father sees his kids, and boom, 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 has a father feel. You're making shalom, that gives, that gives simcha to Hashem, and, you're, and, you're, and, and, you are, and you are guaranteed. Now, my dear friends, the, we have the mitzvah on Purim. What do we have on Purim? Mishloach Manot, Yishlereyehu. What does Mishloach Manot express? Ahava. expresses Ahava, love, connection to the other. So we have, we, on Purim, we are happy, we're drinking, da-da-da. But how are you going to make Hashem happy? By being shalom with one another. By being, making, being loving one another. By loving one another. And by loving one another, that is going to give simcha to Hashem. So Purim is not only our simcha. Purim is Hashem, is, a, is Hashem simcha. And that should be, that should be our goal. So Nas Adar Mabim B'Simcha is also to make, you gotta have to make, have to make Hashem, have to make Hashem happy. Now like the rabbi mentioned, wow, like the rabbi mentioned, I had the merit to be a Talmud of Rabbi Yashiv. We have a center, Jerusalem Center for of research for medicine and halacha. We train rabbis to be specialists in medical halacha from conception, before life, till the end of life, till the end of life. All major issues, all major issues, uh, organ transplant, end of life, beginning of life, all, all, all the major issues. And then we have an answering service. People ask us from the entire world questions and, and Baruch Hashem, a lot of little children are born, born because of us. Let me share with you a story, my dear friends. From someone from the community calls me up. Rabbi, I have a medical issue. I'd like to come to speak to you. Comes to me. Rabbi, my wife is pregnant. The first pregnancy. We went, she went to the doctor. The doctor did an ultrasound. And the doctor said, Oh, your baby is a midget. It's going to be born a freak. So as the doctor say, abort. So he says, my parents also say abort. My wife's parents also say, well, I don't want to bring a, midget to the, a freak to the world. What does the Torah say? No. So I said to him, first of all, a midget, can I kill a midget? No. No. You can't, you can't kill a fetus who's a midget. 
So I said, no, we just has a right to live. And then I said to him, my dear friends, doctors make mistakes. Why don't you go for a second opinion? He said, Rabbi, I accept your psak halacha, your halachic opinion, and also your advice. I go back to Israel, give him my email. A week later, Rabbi went to another doctor. He did another ultrasound. The first doctor made a mistake. He, he, he measured the age of gestation, of pregnancy, as being much longer, much longer than it actually was. And if the baby was small, but the baby is actually, Baruch Hashem, a healthy baby, healthy baby was born. So you have to know that these, these are issues, Baruch Hashem, I thank God, we get, we get these questions, and Baruch Hashem, you should know, following the Torah is a win-win. So every time I get, I prepare with my, do my research, our research, we have doctors doing a, who help us, give us, who, who advise us, explain to us the medical issues, and every step forward in medicine has halachic issues, ethical issues, they call it ethics, ethical issues, and Baruch Hashem, we, we do research and we find direction from the Torah, permissible, not permissible, how it should be done. Normally we don't say no, we say how. We say how. Yom Kippur, you have to eat, not, have to eat, not eat, not eat. We say how. Now, every time I go to Rabbi Yashiv, he knew that uh, he's, he was in the 80s, 90s, I haven't known him for many years, 70s, 80s, 90s, 70, 70 year old, 80 year old, 90 year old, and I'd walk in, <clears throat> I see he'd get very, very, very tense. Very, very tense. Why? Because he knew I'm asking him questions of life and death. So he knew these are very, very serious, serious questions. Now one time, let me show you a Sheila, which I can have water. I need mean, I mean, water. A cu- cup of water, please. A cup of water. With a glass, please, I'm sorry. <clears throat> we had a question like this. Let me show you a horrendous, horrendous question. This was a year and a half year old child, boy, who was diagnosed with a cancer with a tumor on his brain stem. Barminan, without any treatment, he's going to die. At that time, there were two optional treatments. One was chemotherapy, 60% fatality with 40% cure. Mm, not bad, 40% cure. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'll repeat, you went out, have to repeat. When I go to ask Rabbi Yashif questions, he'd become very, very tense. So I was asking him questions of life and death. I knew how serious it was. God forbid to make a mistake. So you had this case, a year and a half year old child, cancer on his brainstem. Okay. Without treatments, he's going to die. Two optional treatments. One was chemotherapy, 60% death, but 40% cure. The other option was radiation, 90% survival. Nice, nice. But you're radiating the brain. You're burning out the brain. You're destroying the brain. His quality of life is going to be destroyed. What would you say? So doctors have this dilemma. They tell the parents, decide, we'll do whatever you say. They come to me, Wiener. I can't answer such a question. So I went to Rabbi Yashiv, my mentor, and I asked the Rebbe, do I do the chemotherapy? 40% cure, be a healthy kid. Play ball, basketball, whatever it is, a regular kid. Or, or should he take... But the radiation will have uh, no quality of life, but he's going to live. The rabbi turned white. You know what that is? He turned pale. A question to Adam Gadol, it's not that abstract. You know, it has nothing to do with me. He felt the responsibility. It's a question dealing with him, with his child. He turned pale. And he said to me like this, the Pesach was like this. 
we have a concept, and this is a very, very important psakalacha. You're not allowed to enter risk in life. You're not allowed to put yourself into risk. What level you may risk your life in order to save your life. A person who's dying, so you may take operation which is going to save his life. Depending on, on level, but yes, there's no problem. To, you may endanger your life to save your life, but over here he's endangering his life to save his life or not. Only for quality of life. Correct? He's going to live. If he takes radiation, he'll live. He'll have 90% survival. But to be, how much risk may I undertake for quality of life? You hear? That's the question. Because over here, the, the radiation will live. So what? Over here, if I take the chemotherapy, <laughs> I'm endangering his life. Where, on the other hand, he's going to live. So how much can I endanger life? Where, on the other hand, he would live, but without quality of life. So Rabbi said to me like this, is very, very original, Psach of Rabbi Yashiv. He said to me like this, we have a concept of rogue, correct? If the chemotherapy would be 60% cure and 40% fatality, 40% is very, very high, you should know. 40% is very, very high. But if it be 60% cure and 40% fatality vis-a-vis the radiation, which would be over 90% survival, I would take the chemotherapy. For quality of life, you're not going to have any quality of life, you may enter major risk up to, up to rove. Up to 40%, 40-45% risk, as long as I have rove, which is going to, to cure you. But over here, he said, what do we have? 60% death and only 40% cure. Take the radiation. I have no choice. You can't put rove, you can't do that. So I said to him, listen to this. Rabbi, the level of damage that the radiation is going to do is not known. Please give a bracha that the, that the damage should be minimal. So he gave a bracha. The boy, Baruch Hashem, now he's married and he has kids. Limited, Baruch Hashem, but everything else is perfect. But the question, the question is unbel- unbelievable. The Psaq is unbelievable that you may enter major risk, 40% risk, in order for quality of life. That's one fascinating shayla which I am happy to share with you. Now, I went in like this. Yashiv, you should know, he's a, he's a giant. Someone would come to him and ask him hypothetical questions he would not answer. He only answer things which are relevant. But when I would come in, you know, I'm dealing with medical halacha, and anything changes, he, me, he would answer me my hypothetical questions. Now listen to this uh, story, unbelievable story. Hold your, hold your chair. This is an Israeli couple, traveled to Budapest, traveled to Budapest, it's Hungary. Budapest is the capital of Hungary. And they're touring, having a nice tour, and there. They go back one evening back to the hotel, and, and the wife looks around. Her husband is missing. Her husband is missing. She runs into the hotel. There's a staff. Where's my husband? They don't know. They call the police. They look. They can't find the husband. <laughs> they can't find the husband. The police are searching, and she's, she's destroyed. Where's my husband? What happened? They kidnapped him. Three days later, he comes to the hotel, and he has a scar in his back. Yeah, this was in the newspapers. It's a true story. They run back to Israel. They go to Tel Aviv Hospital to do X-ray. The doctor comes out and says, "Sir, you're missing a kidney." But it was a good surgeon. <laughs> the thief, the guy, the thief was a good surgeon, huh? That was in the newspapers. Okay, so I don't know if you know. Next time you go to Budapest, be careful. <laughs> okay, 
In other words, it's, it's, big, it's big money. It's organ, it's an organ transplant. To get an organ, it's a lot, lot, of, it's a lot, lot of money. It's a lot, lot of money. So, so they kidnapped him. And, okay. So I went to Rabbi Yashuk. And I said, Rebbe, this was a story of what happened in Budapest. I asked him like this. I said like this. Mr. Cohn from Tel Aviv goes to Budapest. And he's kidnapped. And they steal his kidney. He goes to the police. And the police start doing, uh, investigating. They break up the ring of, of you know, bandits. And then they find out who has, who has Mr. Cohen's kidney. Mr. Levy. Mr. Levy from Haifa also. Well, he needed the kidney. And he paid off the, the, the thieves. Wow. And he has now, Mr. Levy has Mr. Cohen's kidney. So I says, now Mr. Levy comes to Mr. Uh, Mr. Cohen. You got my kidney. I want it back. <laughs> I want it back. So Mr. Cohen says, look, I'm not a nice guy. Uh, right? Right? I'm not a nice guy. But um, uh, again, Mr. Cohen was, 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 was kidnapped. Uh, 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 Mr. Cohen was kidnapped. So Mr. Cohen comes to Mr. Levy. I want my kidney. So Mr. Levy says, I'm not a nice guy. Mr. Levy says, I'm not a nice guy. But look, you have one and I have one. I can give it back to you. Well, you, I have nothing. I'm going to die. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to give it back. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I don't want, I, I'll, I'll pay you. Now, what's the shayla? The halach is like this. If someone steals something, you, the halacha is, v'heshiv et ha I have to return the lost object. The stolen, the stolen object. Now, if someone steals a morish, a beam of a house, right? I take a beam, I go to your house, and you have a warehouse, and I steal a beam, and I build a, a, a house, I build a house, over here, if I'm going to take you from, if I'm going to return the beam, what will happen? The whole house will collapse, right? So the rabbis say, even though mainly Bahalacha, you have to return the beam, but over here, since no one would do, would do, would do such a thing, so you pay, so it's a monetary payment. Over here, in our case, he has, right? He has, he, he has one kidney, he has one kidney. So if, if, if Mr. The, Mr. Levy is a thief, right? If Mr. Levy gives back his kidney, the whole, he'll be destroyed. So over here do I say takanat marish? Pay instead of returning. True, it's stolen. But since no, it's a little bit, returning his, the, his kidney, which he, which he stole, it's going to break, break the house, then maybe they maybe just have, just have to pay. So what's Salachai, yes, Rabbi Yashiv? Does Mr. Levy, the thief, have to give back the kidney? Or does he pay? What would you say, boys? Pay. Pay. You're saying give back the kidney? Yeah. Why, why, why? He's going to kill him. He's going to die. And he says, you have one, you're going to live. You live on 120. What do you say? Huh? Wow. It's different than the other case. Again? It's different than the beam. Because the beam, the guy that originally owned the beam is just losing money. He lost the beam. But this guy, he wants to live longer. He wants to Regular. I want kidney, you donate a kidney. You could live regular. Well, what, what then happens if Mr. Khan has one kidney now? What happens if his one kidney has kidney failure and he needs another kidney? But yeah, but that's very real. Well, what if, if someone wants to donate a kidney, we, we, we recommend it. Please, it's a big, it's not to donate the kidney. So it's not worse. It's very rare. It's like you should have put yourself in danger to donate the kidney. Yes, but it's getting the, the, the danger that you're having an infection on the, on the, on the remaining kidney is very rare. You don't have to
Pikuach nefesh only compromises bin Adam lemachom Shabbat Yom Kippur. I cannot go and if I need a kid, I need hundred thousand dollars. You're not allowed to money bin Adam lechabero. Pikuach nefesh does not compromise. It compromises bin Adam lemachom and not bin Adam lechabero. Got it? Answers your question. Okay. So does what? <laughs> so this is a question. Can value the kidney floss. Okay, fine, but that's what you're saying. Thanks. So enter Rabbi Yashiv. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay? This is, a, look, at, look at the insight of a Adam Godol. You should know, every time I would go to Rabbi Yashiv and I would explain to him the medical procedure, I've seen his eyes, he's ahead of me. He's brilliant. He's ahead. And when, if I offend it, right away, boom! <laughs> I get his answer. Over here, after my question, he stared at the wall. Wow. Yeah. Yes, a very, you st- you're staring at the wall. I looked at my watch. How long is it going to take for him to answer? It took him a minute. I looked at my watch. He was a giant and so smart. You'll see if ever, we have time for the other stories. He was, he was so smart. So, um, so he said to me like this. Listen to this. We have a, con- a concept of a commodity. Shove a a beam, it's a beam, but also it has, it has worth, right? So if I steal a beam, I have to return it, but since the whole house is going to collapse, the rabbis made an institution, return the value, the, it's a commodity, the Shavah Kesef returned the value of the beam. Says to me, Rabbi Yashiv, a person's organ is he, it's not a commodity. Wow, wow. you hear? Wow. It's not a Shavah Kesef, it's a human being, a human being is not Shavah Kesef. Huh? So he says, no, I, I can demand it back. It's me. My kidney is my DNA. It's me. It's not the commodity. It's me. And therefore, it could be. But I said, Rabbi, you're going to kill him. But he says, yes, but you have a right to reverse the situation as it was before. If Mr. Levy refuses to give back the kidney, and the only way you're going to get the kidney back, you have to shoot Mr. Mr. Levy in the head. That's not good. That's not good. You have no right. That you cannot do. But to reverse the situation as it was. Unbelievable. Wow, got it, guys. Got it, boys. Blockbuster. Huh? What a blockbuster. First of all, a person is not a commodity. It's me. Wow. Huh? It's unbelievable. So there's no price for you. There's no price. So, so what? So what? I have a right. You have no right to save your life to, to steal me, to steal my kidney. So he's going to die. You have no right. It's mine. It's me. You have no right to steal my kidney. Could be. Uh, excuse me? The kidney is not, it's not a, and the black market. But it's, there's no price because it's, it's part of a human. It's part of me. I'm worth more than all the money in the world. You're worth more than all the money in the world. You're worth more. If you want, please. You stole it. If you want, if someone want, you want to donate a kidney, you're not obligated to, but it's a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah. You have a question? Yes, shoot. Boys, boys. Yes, because we have no other way. Since in, in slavery, then we have no other way of assessing. But actually, 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 act
I assess you, how much, how much is it? Would I pay a slave with the arm, without arm? Because I have another choice. Ah. Yeah, this, but over here, that's it. It was done. Damage was done, and and it's gone. But over here, this is mine. True, true, true. But that's not a value. That's only as an evit. I am not an evit. No, no, no. If I have evidence, it can be a commodity, perhaps. But we, as a human, as an independent human, human being, I am not a commodity. I am me. And the, the Chidush of Yashiv is that part of my body, my organs, is me. And I'm not a commodity. I'm not Shavik Hesef. You hear the Chidush? A beam is Shavik Hesef. It's a commodity. It's not a person. It's not a commodity. You take all the money in the world, and the person the person's worth more than all the money in the world. Next case, boys. Let's the next case. Question. You have a question? Shoot, I can't hear you. Wow. We read, uh, we read that if uh, two people are fighting and they, and, uh, they hit a pregnant woman and, and the, and the That's right. died... The damage was done. The only way of paying, the damage is gone. The baby is dead. But over here, the kidney... The kidney can be returned. It's there. It can be returned. There you can't reverse it. Okay. Here is now let me share with you. Yes, Rabbi. Is the Rabbi mentioned that we can't put him into more danger than he was before originally with his bring back. But we all know they're going through the kidney surgery. Now a retransplant. But this is the way. But everybody but, in the new Right? Okay. Now to take out the kidney from Mr. Levy is a new invented second. It wasn't there before. But that's no. not kind of, first of all, first of all, my dear friend, it's minimal. First of all. And this is part of the reversal. This is part. You took it. You, you did the operation and connected. Back to you back, I give it back as you took it. But to give it back to the guys, another problem. Good. Two things. First of all, the the reimplantation, the, the surgery on Mr. Levy is minimal for A. And secondly, this is part of the of the reversal. Good. This is, the second part is better. Yes. It's a reversal. Okay. Good, good. Good. Let's go. Next question. Okay. Now, Rabbi Yashiv is not only a genius in Torah, he's unbelievable, smart, unbelievably smart. Let me share with you a story, a true story. This was a couple, boy, a husband and wife, living on a Shomat Seir Kibbutz. You know what a Shomat Seir Kibbutz is? Very leftist, anti-religious, anti-religious kibbutz in Israel. They slowly became more religious, became Balei Tshuva, then became more religious and more religious, till they ended up in Mea Shari. He goes, and she goes, hmm? They're living in Mea Shari, from one extreme to the other extreme. Okay, great, great, great. Now, she was a smoker, normal. Now, they found Mea Shari, the first week that they are in Mea Shari, the whole week she's normal, Come Shabbat, she can't control herself. She takes out the cigarette on Shabbat in Mea Sharim and lights a cigarette and starts smoking. 
Only a Jew is allowed to keep Shabbat. A Goy is not allowed to keep Shabbat. Therefore, her getting close to Hashem means she has to desecrate Shabbat. That's her getting close. In order not to sin. And that's why I suggested. Unbelievable insight. This is unbelievable insight. One, one story. I'll tell you another story. Okay. Now, here's another story. This story was with Chaim Tanevsky. Ended up here. Unbelievable story. <clears throat> a Kohen. This is a fellow who's a Kohen. Married many years without children. Doctors uh, test, examine. They say you're not a match. You're not going to have children. You're not going to have children. Okay, they love one another, but they want children. So they decide they'll get divorced and then rebuild, rebuild their homes. Now, a Kohen who divorces his wife, can he remarry her afterwards? No. Why? Because a Kohen cannot marry a Grusha. A Kohen cannot marry a Grusha. So normally the Bedin, when a Kohen divorces his wife, the Bedin sends the wife to do a pregnancy test to make sure that there shouldn't be any problem, any issues, then they give the get. Over here, the Bedin was negligent. They did not send this woman on a pregnancy test. He gave her this Kohen, gave his wife a get divorce. Two weeks later, she comes and she's pregnant. Disaster. They love one another. <laughs> she's ready pregnant. She wants the child, he wants to remarry her. Yeah, so he ran to all the Rabbanim, because what's the, what's, the, what's the argument? Is this called 
a get betaut, a get which was given by mistake, has no right, has no value. Right? You don't need you don't need a new get. But Allah is a Kohen who gives a get, even though the get is, is, is a ta'ut, it's called Re'ah Haget, he may not remarry her, because it's Re'ah Haget, the so, so he went to all the Rabbanim, and all the Rabbanim, we can't, he, and he's crying and crying and crying, the rabbi said, can't help you. He came to Chaim Kanyevsky, he said, your site is very soon, and he tells, he's crying and crying, says, Chaim Kanyevsky, I have no solution to you, go to my father-in-law. Avayashiv is the father-in-law of Go to my father. Okay, he gets on the bus, travels to Meir Sharim, and comes to Rabbi Yashiv and tells him the story. And he's crying and crying and crying, totally, totally devastated. <laughs> What's going to be? So Yashiv says, I have no solution for you. If you're crying, go to the Kotel Amaravi and cry there. That's what, he, that's what he said. Go to the Kotel Amaravi and cry there. Yeah. Okay, Rabbi said, he takes the bus from Meir Sharim, he goes to Kotel Maravi, he goes to the wall, he's crying, crying, crying. A fellow, American fellow, comes over to him, and says, what happened? Why are you crying? So he tells him the story, I'm a Kohen, and I, I divorced my wife, and, I, she, and she's pregnant, and, and, and the, the rabbis can't find a solution for me, I don't know what to do. And he's crying, crying. The guy says to him, they start talking, you have a father? He says, yes, I have a father, he's in an old age home in New York. So, so the guy says to him, why don't you go ask him? Let's discuss it, tell him the story, this baby, who knows? But he says, okay, but I don't have money for the trip. <laughs> I'm in Israel, I'm a poor guy, yeshiva guy, I don't have money for the trip. The guy says, look, I take, he takes out his checkbook, he gives him a check, a round trip ticket to New York. Yeah, the guy, comes to, the guy comes to New York, goes to his father, his father's in an old age home, and tells him the story. So the father says, yes, you should know, I'm a Kohen, but you're not a Kohen, you're adopted. No way! You're adopted. You're not a Kohen. I didn't tell you, I never told this to you, but you're, you're adopted. Yeah? And he gave him proof, he gave him proof that he's adopted. He came back to Israel and he was able to remarry her. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And this is a. Rebbe Kanyevsky told this story over firsthand. Right? Unbelievable, unbelievable how Hashem. Now, listen to this. Why did Hashem do all this? Why did Hashem do this? Because he was a, a false Kohen, correct? He goes and does Duchanin, Olelo Duchad. He goes and takes money for Pidyon Aben. He's going to take Trumot to Masrot. So he's going to be a thief. So what happens to all the things he did? Oh, so he has to return it. All the things he did, he would have to return. So Hashem did everything in order to, this, all this issue should not have, in order to protect him, it should not be unbelievable. We have time for more or? What? Excuse me. The get was how? No? Yes. They made a new kiddushin. 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 And I can say, should we get, get the Torahs? You're right, but they made a new kiddushin. They made a new kiddushin. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. They made a new kiddushin. The wrong name. No, 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 no. But since he's known that way, it's not a get puzzle. Because he's known that way. If I'm, you're known as Mr. Cohen, that's your name, you have no problem. <laughs> you have no problem of your name. But uh, they, he remarried them. All she told all questions. They made, a new, they made a new condition. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. Excuse me? Again? What about the Ketubah? Was that a problem also? The Ketubah. 
Well, he gave it to his wife and he married, so he got it back. Got the money back. He remarried her. He got the money back. You're right. You're right. Right. You're right. He got the money anyway. He got the money back. That was not an issue. The money is no issue over here. Was the gate we got married? You see how Hashem runs? How Hashem runs the world? It's, it's mind boggling. You see how Shkachaprati? No, we say Ani Ma'amin B'Munashlema Shaborei Parashmo Hu Asa Ve'Ose. So you say, the Mara says, just like I bless Hashem for something good, you bless Hashem for something bad, because everything is for our best. So we say, whatever you do, I bless you. See, everything how Hashem plans, this fellow has this issue, but it turned out for a, a happy, it turned out to be a, a happy, happy ending. Okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>